0: And welcome to Cornerstone Conversations, a podcast all about the Ohio State University's College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences. I'm your host, Taylor Lutz, a student within the Department of Agricultural Communication, Education, and Leadership. With this podcast, I hope to share the story and happenings of the college with individuals around the world. Each episode will bring a little something different as we chat with current students, alumni, staff, and faculty, all from CFAES. Let's get to learning. Joining us today to kick off this great adventure is Vice President of Agricultural Administration and Dean of the College of Food, Agricultural and Environmental Sciences, Dean Kathy Ann Kress. Dean Kress, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Taylor. And I'm just so happy that we're going to have a chance to have a little conversation here. I'm looking forward to talking with you about our college.
0: Yeah, I'm very eager. I'm excited and pleasured to have you here joining us for our first episode. Um, so let's just dive right on in. Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, maybe your your education, your background, and ultimately how you got here to CFAES? Well, I'd be
1: happy to do that. I don't think that I probably took a, sort of the, the route that a lot of people might think of for someone who's Dean of a college like ours. Uh, you know and and truthfully, uh, early on in my career, I'm, I'm not sure I thought very much about being a dean in a college because, uh, I was a first gen college student. I'm not even sure early on in my career if I actually knew what a dean did, uh, to be honest. Um, So when I went to to college, uh, most of my family had gone military. I grew up in an Air Force family. Awesome. And so it was kind of, I think, a disappointment to my family, to be honest with you, that I went away to college instead and nobody quite understood uh, what that was about and why I was doing it or or anything else. Uh, And I went to Iowa State University and uh, really had, I think, a A great experience in coming to understand a lot about uh, agriculture and its impact on uh, rural communities in particular, and that was actually uh, something I was uh, really interested in in rural Mm -hmm. leadership and uh, just the sort of the fate of rural communities and how we keep them vigorous and uh, keep leadership in them, and so it's not always the same person who's on school board and and who's on the church trustee and, and leading everything. Yep. So that's what I was really kind of interested in. Um, and, and Then, uh, my first job uh, in get, after getting my PhD actually was here in Ohio, uh, I and I came and I taught at Miami of Ohio, and I taught in Educational Leadership and, uh, okay. and had a nice experience there, but then uh, my, uh, my family uh, found themselves uh, We lost the patriarch of our family, and uh, no one knew who was going to run the family farm back in uh, southeast Iowa, so I went back uh, and ran the farm, uh, farmed with my cousins. Uh, the hardest part was getting along with my cousins. <laughs> I always say, uh, which I think is true for unfortunately for a lot of families. Yeah. Uh, and, and at that time, because I wanted to also stay connected to my degree and everything I was doing with that, uh, I started working with uh, Iowa State University Extension. Okay. And and that uh, I think is what really um, got me very interested in in the land grants and more fully understanding the land grant mission. Uh, which I think I've ended up being pretty passionate about ever mm-hmm. since I, I love the idea of how we connect the resources of our University with people uh, and engage with them not just like a pipeline of here yeah. here Let us solve your problem, but engaging with them mm-hmm. uh, and and having it be much more of that kind of a process with people uh, so really have uh, enjoyed that opportunity Um from there, I went up to upstate New York. I was at Cornell University, and uh, there I was assistant uh, director for Cornell Cooperative Extension and state 4-H program leader for New York. Cool. Uh, and, uh, from there, then, was able to go to USDA. I ran all the youth programs, actually, for USDA while I was there, including 4-H, okay. Ag in the Classroom, Children, Youth, and Families at Risk, uh, those kinds of programs. Uh, And one of the things I was really proud of is, you know, kind of combining my military background and and then my my new passion that I had for the land grant, Mm -hmm. uh, was we came up with the idea to have 4-H programs on military installations worldwide.
0: Oh, that's so cool. So that
1: those young people, as they traveled wherever and were stationed in different places, we wanted there to be something that kind of went with them wherever they went. Right. That was familiar and comfortable, and they could just kind of keep on doing it no matter what. Uh, So we started with Army, uh, and then we're eventually able to get it into every one of the branches of the military. And I'm really proud of that work. I'm proud that it still continues, and it just, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it starts out as like a hunch, a little idea you have, you're sitting around eating pizza with the people you work with, (laughs) and you say, hey, maybe we should do something like this, you know, and you don't really think it's going to happen. And then to look at it years later and see that, wow, it really did happen and and uh, it was possible. That was pretty exciting stuff, I think, uh, while I was there. So, so I was there at USDA with that, and then, uh, actually, because of that, I got a commendation from Secretary Rumsfeld for that work. Cool. And so as I uh, decided to leave USDA, I actually uh, got a call from the uh, Department of Defense, and they asked me to come and work at the Department of Defense. And of course, growing up military, uh, <laughs> that was like, to get to go to the Pentagon, are you kidding me? There yeah. was no way I was going to pass on that. And, and I went and uh, really had a tremendous experience. in the, the role I had was, uh, there was a lot of reserve and guard who were being deployed at that time. And reserve and guard are primarily coming from rural areas of our nation. And there wasn't a great way for us to support them. And so mm-hmm. I had the idea of uh, connecting with our land-grant universities and extension to support the families of uh, our reserve and guard. Yeah. And, and it was uh, a really terrific program. Uh, a lot of that program still is in operation. Uh, we, we have uh, military uh, and, and child uh, types of internships for land-grant students. Uh, we have the military readiness clearinghouse at Penn State. Uh, there's a number of those programs that are still continuing on. And again, I'm just really uh, proud to have gotten to be a part of it and you know, to be in the Pentagon. You know, let's not yeah. kid ourselves. It's pretty cool uh, to have a, a job like that. So, uh, And then from there, I went back to Iowa. Uh, I had uh, the great uh, privilege of being asked to come back and serve as vice president for extension and outreach uh, at uh, Iowa. Uh, I think they have an incredibly strong extension program. Uh, at Iowa. And so it was just a, again, a real privilege to, get to go back and to get to represent and lead uh, that terrific group of people and the, I think, just really innovative programs mm-hmm. that they have in extension there in Iowa. So I was really happy to, to be doing that. Uh, and and then uh, truthfully, for this position, uh, I got a call uh, that the position was coming open and uh, that there were some really unique uh, things that were part of this position. Uh, you know, that I, I had the opportunity to learn about things like Waterman and how unique our Waterman facility is, mm-hmm. uh, the, just the breadth of our programs all across the state, uh, the, the types of programming we do here that really are, are in my mind, so different. You know, Iowa is such a small state, 3 million people. Yeah. And while agriculture is really strong, there's not a tremendous variety to the agriculture. But here, if you love those kinds of things, and particularly if you love kind of that Rural urban interface, as I think of it, that those tensions and opportunities that come mm-hmm. there. What a great state to be in because mm-hmm. we have really urban areas and we have the really rural areas. Uh, we have just this breadth of agriculture. Uh, you know, if you go to Western Ohio, it looks a lot like Iowa did. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you go up into the Northeast, no, it looks a lot different. And, you know, whether you're talking about in the Northwest, the muck farms or the grape mm-hmm. and wine, uh, and just this tremendous variety of the types of agricultural. Products that we have in this state. I, I just thought it was incredibly exciting to think about getting to be a part of all of that And then what I thought really distinguished this college Taylor uh, was this college has such a commitment to student success and to the student experience and and that intrigued me you know when I when I could see the, the dedication of the faculty and staff around making sure that even in a big university like this, our students had that sort of small uh, community experience. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that sounded like something that would be really exciting to be part of, and I haven't regretted it for a minute. It's, it's just a great place to be. I, I love this job, uh, and I, I'm, I'm just hopeful that we can continue to build on the great legacy that this college has.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can tell you from a student perspective that uh, I am also very honored to be a part of that small community feel. It, it very much has felt that way, so you've done a tremendous job of, of keeping that up thus far. Um, so in your role here at Ohio State, what specifically are you doing to uphold the traditions of Ohio State in keeping uh, the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences moving forward? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, I think that's a that's a really interesting question to kind of unpack because my mind kind of goes in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is to really think about, you know, right now we've been thinking a lot about it because of the sesquicentennial coming up 150 years. And and we as the Cornerstone College uh, are also celebrating our 150 years. So I think you can't help but think about this foundational role our college plays just in the overall university, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, that's, that's a, a wonderful thing to think about how uh, something with the kind of impact that The Ohio State University has started with us, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's just kind of a cool <laughs> thing to think about. And, yep. and still the foundational relationships we have with all of the campus and everything. But I also think about our unique role around the land grant mission. Uh, and I think that our college epitomizes the land grant mission uh, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that mission having the three parts of you know, the, the research, which is incredibly important as an engine, but then the teaching and the extension and outreach work all being critical components of the land grant mission and being able to serve our state as well as the students who are here on our campus or in our campus up in Worcester. Absolutely. So, you know, to me that's just the exciting part to think about how we can continue to shape what the land grant looks like for the next 150 years.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, years to come for sure. Um, you mentioned briefly the, the research that's happening. So what exciting discoveries and, and research is happening right now within the college? Do we expect anything um, exciting coming soon? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know,
1: I'm telling you, we could do this podcast for about three days straight and I could talk (laughs) the whole time, seriously, about the research that our researchers are working on and we wouldn't cover all of the exciting things that they're doing. Uh, Whether you want to talk about, you know, Dr. Ratan Lal just got the Japan prize, very Mm -hmm. impressive prize, for his work in carbon sequestration uh, and his work as a soil scientist and, and that's incredibly important work as we look to the future. Uh, But, you know, you also uh, have to think about our researchers uh, like Dr. Linda Saif up at the Food Animal Health Research Program and how critical their research has been in infectious diseases Mm -hmm. uh, with animals and production animals in particular and how important that is to the industry. Uh, But, you know, then you don't have to go very far and you can look in... um, at the work that we're doing around precision agriculture and, and how critical that is for both environment as well as uh, keeping uh, agricultural production viable for the future, uh, and you know they're leading right here. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, if you read a newspaper at all in the last several months, you know that the work that we're doing in uh, our ag and and uh, environmental and development economics is critically important with the expertise we have there around trade mm-hmm. and understanding uh, some of the basic. Uh, economic Economic uh, farm management and, and other types of principles. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you could just start pulling a, a thread anywhere <laughs> in this college, and I, I think it ends up being really fascinating. What what I always like to to point out to people is, we think it's just as likely that it'll be a food scientist who prevents cancer as a medical researcher. We, yeah. we think it's going to be a soil scientist who solves. Uh, the problems of water quality. You know, we we think it's likely uh, that it's going to be uh, one of our agronomists uh, who solves world hunger. Uh, you know, that's not at all a, a revolutionary thought to think those things because that's mm-hmm. what's happened in the past is it's been people who are working across the breadth of our disciplines who have really made these incredible, incredible discoveries and innovations that have solved these just really complex problems that are systems problems. And that's what I think our college is so good at is we're really good systems thinkers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you really touched on um, a point that I was going to make here in a bit that we have so many diverse layers specifically here in our college and at uh, OSU that just in CFAS, we incorporate agriculture production, but biochemistry and engineering and all these different uh, works of trade in just one college. So that's, that's really great to hear that you even touched on it in this, yeah. in this it's question. It's a big tent. So. It's a
1: really big tent. Absolutely. But yeah. that's what I think these complex problems are going to require. You know, you can mm-hmm. no longer just sort of drill down into one subject matter and think you're going to solve problems. Right. You know, I talk about we have to be smart together yeah. uh, and be able to combine our expertise to really be able to solve the kinds of problems we're looking at now.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, again, kind of going off of that, what is what is Ohio State and CFAS doing to help Uh, farmers. This year in particular has been a really, really rough year uh, for local farmers across the state and across the nation. So what is CFAS specifically doing to help those farmers out? Mm -hmm. Well, there's been a a
1: lot of uh, things that are happening. Uh, Some of it has been very specific to extension. You know, we had the whole lean on your land grant effort Mm -hmm. uh, that was really trying to get programming out to farmers as quickly as possible so they could make the best decisions possible for themselves. And that's what I think our extension is really, really good at. What we're trying to do is get that information that's relevant, that's timely, that helps them to understand what's coming at them, that maybe helps them understand even, you know, what are the implications of the different programs and everything else so they can make the very best decision for themselves. We're not going out there and just saying this is the best thing to do. We want it to be tailored Mm -hmm. uh, for each of them and I think Extension did a tremendous job of that this year uh, with all of their workshops and everything else because it really mattered where you were in the state, how much rain you had and everything else, what were the best decisions for you uh, on your farm. Uh, But we also followed that up, uh, I think, with really good uh, research that was going on as well Uh, and being able to help farmers already to be able to think about in the long run what were gonna be the better decisions for them as they look to the fall, to help them start anticipating what were some of the challenges that were going to come that were going to kind mm-hmm. of follow the first group of challenges yep. uh, that have to do with forages, that have to do with how are we all going to get through the winter with animals and, yeah. and everything else. And so that anticipating and moving sort of slightly ahead of where everybody else was to already figure out what then, what kind of information are they going to need, what kind of mm-hmm. education are they going to need, uh, I, I just think that, that our college did it really well in being able to be responsive to that.
0: Yeah, I, I would very much agree with that. So, what is the best way for uh, folks, not just in in state but out of state, what's the best way for them to get a hold of this information and utilize it to the best of their ability?
1: Well, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You know, if you uh, prefer technology, uh, <laughs> then I highly recommend just getting on our website, and we have the whole lean on your land grant section of the website that people could take a look at. Uh, but if you like uh, being able to interact with people and maybe get something a little more tailored to what your needs are, uh, then I strongly encourage people to go to their local county extension office and inquire specifically with the staff that are there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Dean Kress, is there anything else that you can think of right now that you would really like to touch on um, in, in regards to CFAES?
1: Yes, Taylor, and, and I think that you represent it, uh, right, <laughs> uh, which is that uh, I think there's a lot of people who don't understand how dynamic careers can be uh, in, in the areas that we serve, whether it's in the food sciences, whether it's agricultural sciences, or it's environment and natural resources. These are incredibly important uh, types of, of careers. Uh, we need a lot of really good thinkers in these areas. And I think it's also some of the most fulfilling work that's out there. Yeah. Uh, and so we just need more and more young people to realize that there is such a breadth of careers that I think it's easy to kind of flip into these stereotypes that, oh, if you're interested in agriculture, it means you're going to put on some bib overalls and go, you know, (laughs) be out in the field somewhere, and oh, if you're interested in environment and natural resources, it means you're going to, you know, be a park ranger or something like that, and if you're interested in food science, uh, you know, you're you're just going to create uh, processed food or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are stereotypes, and they don't represent the full breadth of careers that are high-tech, that are interesting, and that, quite frankly, humanity is going to be depending upon in the future. Absolutely. Uh, So, I think that anything we can do to help a wider array of young people understand how exciting these careers are and the potential that exists to come and work uh, in a a college that, you know, you know our purpose, uh, we sustain life, and we need as many young people to get interested in that as possible.
0: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate uh, you joining us here today. I do want to put um, a really quick plug in that you have done an amazing job this past summer. You uh, hosted the first ever Dean's Charity Steer Show at the Ohio State Fair. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you raised about $152,000. That
1: is correct. And we had a great time doing it. Uh, yeah. You know, I think, again, that. You know, earlier when we were talking, I talked about the power of an idea, where you know you kind of have a nutty idea and you turn to your friends and say, "Hey, do you want to do this with yeah. me?" And <laughs> and that how that worked out in 4-H, and it was the same kind of thing here. Uh, you know, we kind of had this nutty idea one day that we thought maybe could be a lot of fun and could do some good, uh, and we just got a lot of people to kind of play along with us, but. Uh, I so appreciated it because it gave us an opportunity, as you pointed out, to raise money for Ronald McDonald House, and Mm -hmm. uh, we so celebrate them and the way they help keep families together at a really difficult time uh, when they have a a sick child, Uh, but it also was a great opportunity for us to get a lot of people to come out to State Fair who didn't know very much about agriculture or or know anything about the State Fair and to be able to engage with them and help them understand a little bit more about what we do. And it was also a great opportunity to hold up our community leaders, uh, whether they're our elected officials or they're those Mm -hmm. leaders who just every day show up and do the hard work that helps to keep a community together. We saw it as a real opportunity to celebrate all of those people, too. So it was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again. Yes. Uh, And so I (laughs) encourage people to join us and, and turn out next year. Uh, at the State Fair. And uh, I think it's August 4th, 2020 yes. yep. uh, is when we're going to do it again. But it's great to see the the young people out there with their steers and then the celebrities, many of whom have never seen a steer before in their lives, yep. <laughs> uh, trying to, you know, uh, show their steer and everything else. It's just a, a really fun day. So I hope people will come out.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, Dean Kress, I appreciate you for taking time. I know your time is uh, very valuable here and you're doing a lot of of work and so it's hard to kind of squeeze in your schedule sometimes, but I appreciate you taking time chatting with me on our first ever uh, episode of our Cornerstone Conversations. Great. Good luck with this too, Taylor. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cornerstone Conversations here at the College of Food, Agricultural, and Environmental Sciences, where we sustain life. Make sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the happenings within our college and share more stories about where we've been and where we're going. Liked what you heard and want to learn more? Visit us at cfaes.osu.edu and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's all for now, so until next time, go bucks!